Hey, business building warrior, I've got a treat for you today. From time to time, well, actually about once a week or so, I like to go live in the Facebook group and invite any of the members who'd like to join me onto like a Zoom session where we can see each other and interact with each other on the screen. If you want to join us for one of these, by the way, typically I do it on Monday evenings around 5 p.m. Eastern time. That's 5 o'clock p.m. New York time. Most weeks, not every week, but this time I recorded the session. We don't record all of them, but we did this time. And we may do this a few times in the future as well, if this is something that we get some feedback from you saying you enjoy. So let me set this up a little bit and you can decide if this is an episode for you. We ask all of the members of our community, we got about 72,000 people in our Facebook group, to bring any questions they have to a live Zoom hangout where the topic is typically revolving around growing your business in e-commerce and on Amazon. So we get all kinds of interesting questions and you can see from the description today some of the questions that were tackled during the discussion time. A lot of times these Monday night meetings are a way for us to greet the newest members of our community. So you'll see some questions in there that kind of cater to the newer sellers who are trying to establish a business on Amazon. But just so you know, if this is one of your first episodes you've ever listened to of our podcast, my name is Jim. I'm the host most of the time on this show. We have some other great coaches who host as well from time to time. But this show has about 500 episodes or more of success story interviews with the students of ours who are taking the Proven Amazon course. That's what this community is about. That's what this show is about, helping you launch a great business using a course that's called, I'll give you the name again, it's the Proven Amazon course. You can find details on that course at provenamazoncourse.com. So most of the episodes of this podcast are interviews with the students who are succeeding with that course. But we like to have some other content as well. You guys have requested it where we dive in and answer those questions. So in an open microphone setting, we captured some of the best questions from the community hanging out and I gave answers and you never know what interesting questions might pop up. And again, if you want to join us live, the best way to get in on this is to get into our Facebook group. There's a link at silentgym.com. You can get into our free Facebook group. There's also a link there to our Proven Amazon course. And you can hear all of our past podcast episodes by going there as well. A lot of our episodes only are found in audio format. And there's a link there. You can get on iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcast listening app. And you can hear all those great interviews with our successful students. Something else we're very proud of, that free Facebook group I mentioned. You can jump into it and see for yourself. We have 1,700 tagged success posts from students using our Amazon training to build beautiful businesses. Many of those people go on to be guests on our show. But today, it's an open microphone. It's me with the community hanging out, answering questions. And like I said, if you enjoy this, please let us know. We'll do more of this kind of thing. And plan to join us some Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern. Get into our Facebook group and look for the announcements. We'd love to have you join us live. We can interact. I'd love to answer your questions as well. I've been doing e-commerce for 20 years as the only income for my family. There's seven of us. We've homeschooled and raised five kids. They're getting married and moving out and getting older at this point. But the 20-year experiment was a wild success. We're so excited and happy to see how things have turned out for our kids, for our business, for our family, for the relationships. We love entrepreneurship and homeschooling under one roof. That's how we did life for 20 plus years. 
And it's been so rewarding. We want that for as many people as that want that for themselves as well. So we hit on some of those kind of topics on these discussions as well. You never know what you're going to get. But like I said, look at the description, see if there's some interesting topics there for you today that we're going to dive into. And thanks for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Let's get over into the Q&A session with the other listeners. So you're using Keepa, and I'm talking about the ignore the buy box strategy. The the people I love to share this strategy with are the people who would come and say, I'm not finding any profitable replines. I can't find anything anywhere. Well, let me talk you through the short version of podcast episode 554. You can go listen to the whole thing, silentgym.com if you want, but I'll give you the short version. The short version is you need to realize that on Amazon right now, as we're sitting here, Hundreds of thousands of people have bought something since we started this Zoom, right? Like transactions are flying. And a lot of those, those ASINs that are getting all that activity have multiple sellers selling against them, right? So if you think of the United States, and I see that firsthand up, Brian, I'll get to you here in a sec. If you think of the United States, not as one big warehouse that everybody shops out of, Amazon, but you think of it as Amazon's hundreds of warehouses spread out all over the place. Some of the products that are selling out of some of those warehouses, let's say, you know, let's say it's a product that sells 2,000 times a month, to use a random example. And 90% of that inventory is sitting in only maybe three or four warehouses that where Amazon really loads up on it. So you can compete against Amazon easily on this strategy too. Just because Amazon's on an ASIN doesn't mean you have to stay away. So in three or four warehouses around the country, 80 or 90% of the Amazon is sitting there stocked up. But then you get out of the middle of nowhere, Kansas. So you get out into the middle of, you know, Illinois. There's more in Illinois than just Chicago, right? You do realize that. So you get out in the middle of farm country, Illinois, or somewhere, you know, down in Georgia, out in the middle where they're the closest warehouse is 75 miles away for Amazon. You know, someone living 75 miles outside of Atlanta, right in the middle of nowhere. And that person wants something quick. They want a product. Well, there's no warehouse that can get it to them. You know, the, the 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 big warehouse that has all the inventory, it may not be anywhere near them. There's only one or two units sitting somewhere in a warehouse, and that's your unit. And that person's willing to pay more for your unit because it's closer to them. They can have it maybe later today, maybe first thing tomorrow morning. As great as Amazon is, they can't get a product from Los Angeles to Tampa in two hours. No one can. It's not possible. But if you got a warehouse a couple hours away that has one unit, Amazon's going to show that to you. If you want it fast, if you've got Prime Now, which many people do have Prime Now as an option, that means, hey, I want it fast, Amazon. What are my options? You're, the, you're sitting there. Let's say there's 50 sellers selling this item that sells 2,000 times a month. 50 sellers. That's a lot of sellers. You may think to yourself, oh, man, look at There's 30 sellers selling at my cost. I could never make money on this ASIN. Not even worth testing. I'm here to tell you, ignore the buy box that you're seeing on your screen. And think about that guy that lives two hours outside of Atlanta who wants it by four o'clock today and it's noon. How many options does he have? He doesn't want to wait three days for the cheapest price. He's ignoring 50 of the 51 sellers, and you're that 51st seller that has one unit sitting at a high price, well above the buy box, well above a lot of the other sellers. You're up there at the top three or four priced sellers. But it's a fast-moving product, which means your odds of someone wanting it fast is higher because it's a product that sells a lot. So that's called ignoring the buy box 
because you understand the regional differences of the buy box pricing across the United States. It may be one price in Tampa, a different price in Houston, a completely different price in Chicago right now for the same buy box on the same product based on how close you are to inventory that can get to you in a reasonable amount of time. Does that make sense? When you're shopping, Amazon's kind of guessing. Does this person want want it in an hour? Well, that's a different set of prices. Do they want it? Are they fine waiting a week? Well, that's a whole different set of bargain shopping prices. So the buy box isn't this flat line across the Keepa graph that everybody is playing with. No, that's just what Keepa has observed a point in time in one U.S. city. A few times a day, it'll check and it'll put little pings on there. And when it seems like that that uh, buy box is flat, it's not catching all those little exceptions of people who are buying that exact product for a whole lot more money if it's a fast mover. So what's the bottom line? If we were on an elevator and I had 30 seconds to explain this to you, the bottom line, once you've had some time to think about this is, if it's moving fast, such as 50, 60, 70, 80 drops a month on Keepa. It's a fast mover. And if you don't know what I just said about Keepa, go listen to podcast episode 369, please. 369. Go listen to it. You'll understand Keepa and why we love it. If it's a fast mover on Keepa, ignore the buy box and test it. That's the whole point of it. Is it a fast mover on Keepa? Yes or no? If you check the yes box, 60, 70, 80 or more drops a month, Buy a unit. I didn't say go buy 50 units. Buy a unit, a single unit. Send it into Amazon, priced where you can make a profit. And you say, well, Jim, I don't want to price it so far above the buy box. I'm not going to get any sales. No, remember, this is ignore the buy box strategy. You price it way up high. Your worst case scenario is, when you're testing these, is it might drop down into the buy box territory and you have to sell it at a break even. Or maybe a slight loss, but it's worth the test. Is there a general rule for the number of sellers, as Tim is asking, versus how many times a product sells per month? For example, if it sells 25 times per month, should you uh, stay away from it if there's more than, say, 15 sellers? It's all about testing. All about testing. No, I don't have any rule about the number of sellers. I completely ignore the number of sellers. Unless it's just one seller, then that scares me away because that means it's probably the brand. And if it's the brand on their own listing... You're just asking for IP complaints. Or if you see it keeps, you know, we call it the skateboard ramp of death. You know, it goes from five, 10, 15 sellers down to one. And then it goes up again, five, eight, 14 sellers down to one. Those are skateboard ramps of death. That means every once in a while, that brand gets grumpy on that ASIN and kicks everybody off and sends them IP complaints. Then everybody comes screaming into the Facebook group saying, I got an IP complaint. The world is ending. And we say, no, you're fine. Many of our biggest sellers get a good handful of those per month. Call Jeff Schick. You know, take, you know, there's 15 different kinds of IP complaints you can get. There's 15 different ways you can then respond to them. Some of them you just ignore, some of them you just tell Amazon, it's all good, I'm moving out. Uh, but avoiding them is best. It's preferred just to avoid them. So if it's one seller, we avoid it. If it's 15, 20, 50 sellers, I don't care. I'm going to test at a price I like. And if it sells a unit or two a month, that's money in my pocket. I'm happy to be sitting there on an ASIN that sells 2,000 times a month and I'm only getting two or three sales. It's fine. I'll take it. That's money in the, money in the bank. But Jim, there's 70% of the sellers are cheap, priced cheaper than you. How do you possibly make any money? Oh, I just make a sale or two a month. I don't need to be the guy that's making 1,000 sales a month. 
making a, you know, a nickel a sale. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that's making two or three sales a month on this fast mover with a bunch of other sellers at a much higher margin. Those are great ASINs. And please keep in mind, replins is one of, I don't know, 25 different strategies that we have for Amazon. It's just the one that we love to teach to new sellers because it drives home so many great lessons while you're putting money in the bank. And some people stay there and they're thrilled to stay there. If, you know, moms with six-figure-a-month sales businesses, very flexible schedules, hanging out with their kids, just doing replens. They don't need wholesale, private label. They don't need a branded bundle. They could care less. They've automated this replens model. They're always finding new ASINs. Their team takes care of all the details. It's a beautiful way to live life. But if you want to get out of the, the hamster wheel feel of replens, there are some really cool models you can start to get into. Print on demand and some other buy and hold products that we're excited about introducing you guys to very soon. Products you can go buy predictably once you know what you're doing, wait a year, and they're worth a whole lot more money very predictably. So that's the kind of stuff we like to teach is there's more advanced models to more advanced students. But this is newbie content tonight. We want you to start with replens. A lot of times people say, well, I'm just going to skip the newbie stuff and, and go straight into private label. Well, welcome to the land of spending thirty dollars to $50,000 and flushing it all down the toilet and having a garage full of inventory you're not going to be able to sell. That's what happens to 95% of the people that go down that road without first understanding the basics. Replens helps you understand those basics. But this model, the replens model, for the last six years, we've seen a whole bunch of people make a whole lot of money. So if you've got a model that works and you're building relationships as part of that model, you're going to build a beautiful, sustainable business. Yeah, I agree. So I love that you're focusing on that, man. It'll pay off big time. That guy will give you a call at some point. He'll say, hey, I've got someone else that's always bringing in boxes, kind of like you. I mean, like I think you guys are kind of doing the same thing. You guys should probably connect. Even tell him, hey, I'd love to connect. Anyone else is kind of showing up like me, you know, two or three boxes a month with or two, three boxes a week with random stuff in it kind of thing, you know, shipping it off to Amazon. Just let me know. It, just ask them, hey, do you want to know some other guys that are doing this in the area? Because I think you guys might want to hang out. And at first you're thinking, oh, oh those are my competitors. And then you realize, Absolutely no, not. you're two minnow, minnows swimming in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need each other. Like, we look like a bigger fish if we hang together, right? We're less likely to be eaten. You you start to form those friendships and, and uh, you don't have to, Go buy everything the other guy buys. Just what resources, what podcasts, what tools you use, and what events are you going to? Talk them into joining our community if they aren't a part of it yet. Right? Huge opportunities and relationships. So love it, Brian. Good work, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. I'm selling 90 of my, 90% of my products are OA, and I'm stuck at the five dollars to $10,000 per month. Some advice on how to grow your business. Yeah, okay, I got you, man. That's a good question. B. Tran asked that. I'm selling 90% of my products OA. That's not really necessarily relevant, R-A-O-A. Although I can tell you if you're, if you're dead set on... And I hear this from more people than, I, than I'd like. I don't want to do any RA. Never. Don't like. I want to OA only. OA only. Because their, their thought process is OA can be automated. Shopping online. I don't have to get in my car. I don't have to leave my house. I'm going to do all my shopping online, have it delivered. Well, there's some disadvantages to OA. And RA can be automated just as easily from my vantage point. Like I was saying, I told you today, I grabbed some stuff from a local retail store, going to grab the tea that's only available you know, two places in town, right? So as I'm walking down the aisle, I'm like, oh, that's one of our replans. I checked on it. We've got a spread, shared spreadsheet. There it is. I did some retail arbitrage today. We've also got a handful of other people on our team, but that's what they do for a living. They hit the stores aggressively. 
retail. I'm paying them to do this. So if you want to grow your business with replens, there's only one thing you got to do. Find more ASINs and put as few limits on that as possible. Because as soon as you say, I'm not going to retail stores, I'm going to raise my hand in the back of the room and go, uh, why exactly? <laughs> it doesn't have to be you. Walmart delivers, you know, your local Walmart deliver. You do realize that, right? And, you know, everyone delivers now. You can get people to deliver anything from anywhere for a few bucks. So the local retail stores around you are a gold mine of opportunity that's not available to other people. Because like, for example, if it's grocery products, you can look at the expiration date right there off the shelf before you put it in your cart. Uh, you know, some of the some of the people that do retail, you you can pay people to do these things for you, by the way, like I'm saying, but you can go into Walmart and pay as you put stuff in the cart. So you don't have to go up to the belt and put it on the belt, load the cart, put it in the bags. No, you just take a couple big bags with you. You're beeping it as you're throwing it in the bag. No one's asking you, why do you need 18 jars of peanut butter? No one cares. You're beeping, paying as you go, right? So it can be reduced to very simple processes. Once you're efficient with it, I would argue retail arbitrage is every bit as easy and smooth as an online arbitrage. So the first thing I would suggest is start doing some RA, man. I don't know where you live, unless it's in the middle of nowhere where your closest retail store of any kind is like a two-hour drive. Now I'll give you a pass for not doing retail arbitrage. But if you've got stores anywhere near you, especially living in the US, man, you're crazy not to do some retail arbitrage because the, the, the great replens, especially those regional stores that are in some parts of the country, but not others, you've just cut your potential competition you know, by 80% in many cases because other people just can't get their hands on the stuff. So that's one way to find more ASINs, but you've got to be disciplined. You need to set aside. We've had several good podcast episodes lately on this topic of setting aside a very disciplined amount of time for researching and finding new ASINs. As Brian and Robin Joy, the coaches on our team who fill in and do a lot of podcast episodes with us these days, they say all the time, if someone comes to me and says, I've got a problem with my replens business, they say, stop, I know the answer. Does anyone know the answer? <laughs> Find more replens. <laughs> That's the answer every single time. I've got a problem. I got a challenge. I got a situation. Find more ASINs. Find more replens. If you're adding to it, so that's, you know, how do you go from five to $10,000 per month to twenty dollars to $30,000 per month? You find more ASINs. That's all there is to it. That's the, that's the magic button. You just find more. Knowing full well that any given month, let's say on average, maybe five to 10% of those ASINs are going to die temporarily in most cases, but you're going to stop sourcing them. You're going to put them on your calendar to start looking at again a month or two from now. So as they're fading out, you got to be replacing what's fading and finding them faster than they're fading. That's how you scale. You're finding these little five, 10, 15, $20 a month, 50, 100, $500 a month income streams, and you're stacking them. Sometimes they die. Keep stacking them. You never get emotionally involved with any of your ASINs because you look at them as temporary welcome guests, and then they're going to be gone, possibly forever at some point. So the first, I would say the first probably 40 to 50 replans that you find are going to hold a special place in your heart. You're going to have a little picture on the wall with you holding one smiling. You know, you're going to think of it, you know, that, that was the, the start of your financial freedom. And you're just going to love that product. And you're probably going to buy a little bit too much of it. And you have to sell it a loss. And you have this love-hate relationship with it. But eventually, 
all the replans get reduced to a number. It, you know, it's an ASIN and how much money I made until we broke up. ASIN number one, I made $180 and then we broke up. ASIN number two, I made $4,200 and then we broke up. ASIN number three, this is reduced down to a number. The product doesn't matter. Whether you liked the product or not, doesn't matter. You know, sometimes it matters if you can give it away for Christmas without looking like a fool, <laughs> but that's about the only emotional attachment you have. There's some stuff you buy, like, I can't even give this away without looking like a total clown. Like, what am I going to do with this? You know, so sometimes it's fun to buy a little extra of a food item and, you know, share it with the neighborhood if, it, if you know, once the ASING goes bad and you got an extra 12 sitting around. Uh, but no emotional attachment, find more ASINs. That's how you grow. Now, there are numerous strategies for finding more ASINs. We've, I think, at this point, come up with over 30. You know, there's 10 in that Keep Up course that's on sale right now for the next few hours, but it's going to be rolled into the Proven Amazon course soon. Advanced to keep a sourcing. I started off talking about that. You can find it. I'm going to type in where you can find it. Again, this is seven bucks. If you understand replens, this is seven dollars, but it will be added to. I'm just typing this in the comments. It will be added to the proven Amazon course very soon. That's our advanced keep a training. Provenamazoncourse.com slash keepa. It's in the comments if you're joining me live. So the premise of your question is, even if you didn't realize it, it's implied, is that there's a difference between shopping in the store and shopping online, right? There isn't. There's absolutely no difference. If you, yeah. Because replens at its core, remember, you've heard us say this, is you're looking for underserved listings on Amazon. You're not looking for winning products. Yeah. Right. Looking for winning products, I can teach someone to do in about 30 seconds. You get your you get your phone, you open your Amazon seller app, you turn on the scanning barcode thing and you start mm-hmm. scanning barcodes, looking for stuff that's selling for more on Amazon than it is on the shelf mm-hmm. in front of you. Yeah. Right. Okay. Congratulations. You know how to look for winning products now. Bad news is there's not a lot of them out there. You're going to have to scan yeah. about 500 barcodes to find a winner. Tedious, mm-hmm. horrible model to try to scale. Don't look for winning yeah. products. We're looking for underserved listings, underserved ASINs. So if I'm going to a store, the best use of my time, in my opinion, is to take whatever I can get with me back to a comfortable place where I can research. Uh-huh. So if I'm looking at an online store or if I'm looking at a physical store, it's all the same. I'm researching yeah. product at a time I'm plugging that brand name into Amazon. I'm looking to Mm -hmm. see what results I get, what similar products that look kind of like that product, what looks a little overpriced. Is there a three-pack there, right? I use my bag of marshmallows example quite frequently. Mm -hmm. If I just scan the barcode on that bag of marshmallows at Walmart, there's no opportunity there. So I might go, oh, that bag of marshmallows is a terrible product. And I put it back on the shelf thinking marshmallows are terrible products. No, that that bag of marshmallow let's say it's the 15 ounce size. Well, there's an 18 ounce size. There's a 12 ounce size. And I don't know this. It's not on the shelf in front of me. But if I get on Amazon, I start to see, wow, this there's a lot of varieties. There's a three pack. There's a s'mores kit with Hershey's and Hershey's graham crackers. And you know, th- there's all these different places. Maybe there's 50 places where that bag of, of marshmallows appear. And of those 50 yeah. listings where it appears, two, three, four of them are of interesting ASINs to take a look at. They might be underserved ASINs. So how do I do all of that research in the store? I don't. Some people like to stand in an aisle for three or four hours. 
you know, moving right, 10 or 15 yeah. feet while they stand there and do all the needed research. I don't do that. You get a lot of weird looks after about five mm-hmm. minutes. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, the managers walked by four times. He took a picture of me. I need to explain myself here. Some people are just, you know, they pop in the headphones and they'll stand in an aisle and they'll research for four hours and they'll walk out with 30 replant. That's great. I'd rather take pictures of the aisle. And when I'm taking pictures, mm-hmm. I'll take pictures, make sure that it includes the barcode. So like, let's say there's a shelf and there's, there's you know, 10 of the same item right here. It's a, cans of green beans. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I can see how many ounces are in the can. I'm, I'm going to okay. flip one of them around so I can see the barcode. So now I've got all the information to know that that what that product is exactly. I can zoom in, take a nice high-res picture. If I'm sending it to my VA in the Philippines, I'll upload those pictures to Google Drive rather than email it to them or Facebook Messenger it to them. Because when I email or Facebook Messenger, a lot of times it degrades the image. I want them to be able to zoom in and read the barcode. So I send them the image on Google Drive, which is free storage space, and they can easily look at that picture later and do research. So that one product that you're looking at by itself may or may not be a good replin, but in a two-pack, a three-pack combined with one other easily complementary complimentary added item, that might be the great replin you've been looking for. Or maybe it's you notice the 15-ounce version that's not on the shelf and you, you look around for it, you can't find it anywhere, but that 15-ounce version is doing great. All you can find mm-hmm. is a 12-ounce version. Well, you contact a distributor, manufacturer, and say, hey, where can I find this in the 15-ounce version? Like, oh, that's only sold at retailer X, Y, and Z. They actually have a website. You know, here's, so the distributor helps you find that hot-moving, fast seller that looks like a great ASIN on Amazon when you started your research looking at only 12-ounce sizes. But you find yeah, it this happens a lot. Right? So it's not mm-hmm. about pulling stuff off the shelf that's a mm-hmm. winner. although. There's plenty of those out there. But in the more beat off the beaten path you get, the better you're going to do as well when you're doing local retail. And the other thing I like about local retail is you can find those $10, $20 bills just laying on the shelf. What I mean by that is if I'm in a Walmart, yeah, I'll give the clearance aisle a peek for 30 seconds. I'm not going to spend an hour there and scan everything. But the stuff that's priced over 20 bucks or so, I'll take a look, see. Is there anything here worth flipping? Maybe I'll just flip it on Facebook Marketplace. Mm-hmm. There's always opportunity there, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time there because I'm trying to build a system that scales, that doesn't need me ultimately. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. scanning barcodes is not part of a scalable system. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, exactly. I do virtually no scanning of barcodes. Scanning a barcode is basically saying, hey, of the thousand ways I could make money with this product, I want to find out if this one way is a winning idea. Just you're, you're, you're skipping right over. I mean, it, it, let me just think, I'm trying to think of an analogy for scanning barcodes. It's almost like, let's just imagine a stream with golden nuggets of all sizes. And you're skipping through saying, I only want the golden nuggets that are exactly one ounce in size. I don't want the two ounce. I don't want the little quarter ounce. I don't want mm-hmm. the five ounce. Yeah. I just want one ounce nuggets. And you're just digging through five ounce nuggets and three ounce nuggets of gold. So you can find those one ounce nuggets. And they're super rare. Yeah. It's like, why, yeah. why, are you, why aren't you just picking up all the nuggets as you go? I mean, you, you've got, they're all right here. You just need to learn to see them. And until you can see them, that's what most people do is they just scan barcodes. So I know people that scan barcodes 40 hours a week and just plug away. They've built a decent business, but man, it's a grind. It's a hamster wheel. 
It does, yeah. So hopefully all that's helpful to you. How does that? Yes, it is. Can I um, ask a follow-up question? Of course. Hey, you're the only one with your hand up. It's just you and me as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so with keypad, it's the same thing, I guess. Um, I have recently um, bought the Kipa course, so I'm also very new to Kipa. Sure. Uh, when I search for um, brands, um, Kipa doesn't bring up everything that is on Amazon. No, so, no tool does. Uh, so then I'll, I'll have to go back uh, and uh, use um, Amazon uh, uh, seller account, uh, buyer account. Yes. To uh, reverse source. Is that yep. the, the right way? Am I yep. doing it right? You are. Oh, okay. Part of what makes this opportunity so expansive, meaning it's available to so many people and you can get so big with it, is Amazon's catalog is really kind of a mess. There's nowhere you can go. It's, it is the most organized retail catalog in the world by far, but it's still a bit of a mess. Meaning, mm-hmm. let's go back to that bag of marshmallows. If somebody at Amazon headquarters sat down one day and really cleaned up the marshmallow listings for that brand, they'd probably eliminate 30 of those 50 listings we were talking about as unnecessary, duplicate, whatever. But the thing is, people are buying. Amazon has an incentive not to clean up that catalog because people are buying at least two or three mm-hmm. times a month on some of those ASINs. Why would delete it? We're making sales. Yeah. So our ability to kind of dig in Let's say you go to Amazon and you just type in that brand of marshmallows. You may have to scroll to page nine. By the time you get to page nine, you're seeing, you know, kitty litter and coloring crayons and coloring books. And, oh, look, there's another listing for that same bag of marshmallows in a four pack. (laughs) It's crazy. Their catalog gets kind of hectic after three or four pages. So there's no one tool that shows you everywhere where a product shows up because that listing on page nine that's selling, say, 10 or 15 times a month for marshmallows, someone may have mistyped the brand name in the description Mm. or in the details. And that's why it's not even showing up till you get to page nine. But it's a great ASIN for you to sell that product against, right? Mm -hmm. So if you just go to Keepa and say, hey, I want to see everything for this. Okay, what about the ones that have have a similar brand name? Someone had a typo. And so yeah. it's that brand selling well against that product, but it doesn't show up. Or okay. Amazon, you use it as a, as a shopper. That's the most powerful way to look for replans is to use Amazon as a shopper. Your phone results mm-hmm. are completely different. The app is different than the website on your phone. Your computer is going to give you different results, very different results than either the app or the phone yeah. results that you're going to get. Where you are, if you set your zip code, if you change your zip code, Mm-hmm. You're going to get different results on the search. Yeah. Try it sometime. You know, you move your zip code from St. Louis to Tampa. You're going to see different results come up first based on what's available locally, that sort of thing. So no two Amazon shoppers or sources or sellers are seeing the same results on any of their devices or tools at any given time. So I we can see. all enter our own private section of the stream anytime we want to and search for those gold nuggets. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of this. Yeah. Does that help? Yes, it does. Um, awesome. So, and, and there's always more to learn about Keepa too. Those of us who've been yeah. using it for years and years and years and years, if we're honest, we know about half of what we could know mm-hmm. because it's there's always more to learn. There's always new features. They're scraping Amazon in new ways. There's new things that we've just never even used, new 
new ways to filter the data. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'll have to do now, I'll go uh, and uh, take pictures and go back home. <laughs> I would suggest it. Yes. Yeah. In, okay. And if you're new, the categories to focus on are the ones where you're most likely to already be ungated. Grocery isn't typically ungated when you're new, although after you've sold 30, 30 to 50 items, you'll get ungated in just about everything pretty quickly. So don't worry too much about that. But pet supplies, except but not pet food, sporting mm-hmm. goods, house, kitchen, bath, um, arts and crafts, those are all typically ungated. Most of the stuff you'll run into is already ungated for you. And after you've sold a few items, again, you'll get this little notice when you're looking to, when you're checking out a product and you'll say, oh, I think I might sell this Amazon. Am I allowed to? And they'll say, oh, no, you're gated. Do you want to apply to be ungated? And you click a button and go, yeah, I'll apply to be ungated. And they'll say, congratulations, you're ungated. <laughs> like, That's it? Really? Is that yeah. simple? After you've sold 30 or 40 items, sometimes even faster than that, you're just going to get it automatically. Mm-hmm. So don't pay anybody. Don't buy a guide. Don't buy a course. Just sell a few items. Ungating happens organically and naturally. Yes. Um, luckily, I am um, ungated in groceries. And I'm selling like most of my uh, products are in grocery uh, category. Uh, and, Very um, good. Yeah. Mostly my focus is on, on groceries. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm... I don't know why I don't go to other categories. I should go to other categories too. But I feel like there's so much in in groceries that I can find. <laughs> and so that's why I'm like kind of stuck. Um, no, if, if you yeah. can find grocery replants, you can find any replants. It, there's no difference between yeah. categories. It's literally, yeah. what it, it's literally what I said earlier. It's an ASIN. It's an identifying number. Mm-hmm. And how much dollars you've made from it. It's The product is irrelevant. When I'm looking over our business and just looking at the numbers for the day, it's numbers. It's just right. numbers. If I'm curious, I'll look at what some of the products were, but, you know, it's always kind of fun to see some of the products that have been around a while, you know, that have done well for you over the long term. And some of them come back again. It's like, oh, hello again, old friend. Where'd you go? <laughs> a bunch of mm-hmm. new sellers hopped on you and t- drove your price into the dirt about three months ago. And then they all figured out they were losing money and they all left. And here we are again. Welcome back, old friend. You know, I mean, that's that's the game. Yeah. Uh, the ASIN's And this happens a lot. I'm very new and it already started happening to me. Uh, there was a listing and there was only three of us sellers. And now there's about 20. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's a good ASIN, I would expect so. And if it's easily it sourced, yeah, that's going to happen. That's going to happen a lot. Mm. But if it's a fast mover, I don't care if there's 20 sellers, I'll be the top three or four priced sellers. So I'll go from selling mm. eight a month to selling two a month. That's fine. I'll still keep it. If I'm not making any sales in a month, I don't care how many sellers there are. That's how I can kind of tell where someone's at in their maturity process with the replens business. If they think, oh no, there's a bunch of sellers, this this ASIN's dead. If that's their thought process, oh no, a bunch of sellers, this ASIN's dead. They drop their shoulders. Mm-hmm. That just tells me they haven't been around long enough to know how the game works. If an ASIN is strong enough to attract that many sellers, it's mm-hmm. going to be great again two or three months from now. And in the meantime, all I have to do is price higher than the people who are beating themselves up in the mud. My sales are going to slow a little, 
but it's certainly not going to die if it's a fast mover. Now, if I've got 20 sellers showing up to an ASIN that sells four or five times a month, yeah, but what was I doing there to begin with anyway? That's, mm-hmm. a, that's too slow if I'm the only seller. It was, it was, it is selling around uh, 200 um, units a month. If so it, it's still if it's, good. But how many drops a was, month was, how many drops was the one we're talking about per month? Uh, 40 something. I don't remember exactly. 40 something. That's enough yeah. for you to keep one or two units at Amazon at a high enough mm-hmm. price where you're still making a profit and let all the newbies play in the mud and beat each other, beat each other up trying to get the buy box. That's fine. Well, they're doing the same thing you're uh, describing. So the price, <laughs> everyone is pricing it like a dollar um, below right. the buy box sometimes. Yes. Right. And that's fine. Let them do it. But go listen to podcast episode number 554. Ignore mm-hmm. the buy box. I need you to keep one or two units at a profitable pr- profitable price for you. I don't care what their profitable price is or where they sold it or how they're sourcing mm-hmm. it. I don't care. Keep it at a profitable price for you and your sales will slow. Yeah, probably. But the sales you do make will be profitable and then go find more ASINs. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't sell at all after 30 to 45 days, you don't get any sales. Mm-hmm. drop down to the mud, get rid of your ASINs and move on to another one for a couple months and come back and revisit it. It'll be back again. Yeah. Yeah, but, because everyone get, gets tired with well, that kind of uh, problem. Yes, but it also attracts a lot of attention to that ASIN. Mm-hmm. It, you know, when people say price tank, what I hear as a guy who's been doing this a long time or any other seller who's been doing this a while, when I don't even like the term price tank because that implies a mm-hmm. negative. No, that implies huge opportunity 60 days from now. Because what the price tankers are doing is attracting a ton of attention to a really good deal. That ASIN is going to rise in the rank on Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's going to be sitting in a really nice place with a whole bunch of sellers who said, you know what? I'm done flinging mud at 20 other sellers trying to win the buy box. I'm out of here, guys. And here it sits, fewer sellers two months from now at a lot of attention, a great Mm -hmm. rank on Amazon wide open for the two or three sellers who are ready to come in and make money again for 60 days until everyone shows up and drops it again. So if you're looking for that one product that you can sell over and over again, that's going to be your magic ticket, that's not the replens model. Mm -mm. We don't start you with that model because that's a much harder model. You need to learn some lessons along the way. You need to learn the Amazon uh, universe. You know, there's You'll have an appreciation for that one magical product when you do find it someday. Most people never do. And the thing is that one magical product, as soon as you found it, it's going to get pounded by people with better marketing skills, more money than you, better connections, you know, manufacturing. They're just going to come in and destroy you eventually. Everything on Amazon that's being sold is, has margin monsters coming for it eventually. So this is the model where you can minimize your risks and just kind of skip happily away from the margin monitors when they come <laughs> and eat up your mm-hmm. good ones. Go find a few yeah. more. Or look at the ones that the margin monsters have begun ignoring again. And here we come in. That's the model. So it is, it, it's, a, it's a rolling machine, but every piece of it can be automated. Finding more ASINs, eliminating the bad ones, dropping your price on stuff that hasn't sold in 30 days testing out a bunch of new ASINs constantly, being surprised quite often by the ones that you thought would be average performers. You send in your first three and they sell instantly. So you send in seven or eight more and they sell instantly. 
So you go by 25 and they sell fast. Here comes two or three more sellers. And it starts to slow down a little bit, but it's still selling well. And there you sit for six months. Those ASINs are out there in abundance, but the only way you find them is by testing. Mm -hmm. So by testing, you mean... um, Test worthy ASINs. I I pass over a lot of products. I think it's because I'm not well experienced in this uh, area yet. I feel like I'm missing uh, on a lot of uh, products because I say, okay, uh, does this have uh, this many keeper drops? No. Does it sell? Yes, I see that it sells uh, from the graph. And then uh, I'm like, no, it's on, on the estimated sales amount is only uh, 50 uh, uh, products a month and there are 15 uh, sellers. So I'm like, no, I want not test this. Okay, time out. If it's 50 sellers, sorry, 50 drops. If it's 50 drops, I don't care no, how many sellers the, there are. If it's oh, 50, 50 drops a drops. month, I don't care mm-hmm. how many sellers there are. I'm going to test it. Okay. Do you know why? Okay. Above the buy box? The little pop quiz. See if I, I'm going to put you on the spot. We talked about it a little earlier, but podcast episode 554, I go into this in depth. But if it's got 50 drops, I'm testing it. I don't care about uh, what the buy box says. I don't care how many sellers there are. I don't care what the price history of this looks like. I don't care if the sellers are trending up or down. Mm-hmm. I don't care if the price is trending up or down. If it's got 50 okay. drops a month or more, I'm going to test it with a, a unit or two. Do you know why? Okay. Because I can always uh, price it above the um, You can drop the price and break and- even. Easily. Yeah. yeah. You can mm-hmm. drop the price and break even. But the geographical advantage that you're oh, yeah, likely that. to get mm-hmm. having that one unit sitting in a warehouse somewhere near somebody who wants it fast and is willing to pay more because it's a fast mover, your odds of that happening are much higher. Yeah. You've got 45 days to sell that thing. And it's a, it's a fast mover. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't sell after 45 days, drop your price, get your money back. It's okay. like we're taking little gambles, right? Where we know mm-hmm. the worst case is we lose a dollar or two. That's our worst case. Our best case is we just found a new $20 a month income stream or 50 or 100 or $500 a month income stream. That's our best mm-hmm. case. It's going to be somewhere in between that. We're not losing, under no scenario do we lose our money. Yeah. Right? So it makes a whole lot of more ASINs test-worthy. And when I say there are millions of ASINs ready to be tested and worthy of being tested, that's the kind of mindset you need to have. So when in doubt, test. <laughs> Send in a unit. <laughs> learn, some, learn some mistakes. The worst yeah. case is you bring it back home and you eat it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, 30 days from now. It's not that expensive yeah. to recall inventory even. People are shocked how inexpensive it is to just recall some of their inventory. It's not selling well. Or just drop the price, learn your lesson, right? Very, very few of us are so desperate that we can't afford to lose a dollar here, a couple dollars there, three or $4 on this unit, testing things out. But that's how you discover the huge winners. And mm-hmm. there's plenty of times where Keepa isn't telling the whole story and you're going to come across huge opportunities that are going to be mm-hmm. just yours. Until you know the rest of the fish kind of see you over here eating by yourself, and there'll be some few, few people school over towards you at that point. That's why you don't get emotionally attached to any of your aces, mm-hmm. right? 
Hey, before I let you go, quick question. Would you like to win the buy box more often on Amazon at higher prices without engaging in all the price wars? I've got to tell you about sellersnap.io. It's an artificial intelligence powered repricer and Amazon analytics tool. And they're offering our community a great discount of 20% off for the first three months when you check them out. I'm talking about Sellersnap. You can visit their website at sellersnap.io. And when you go to check out, get that 20% off coupon by using the coupon code provenconference2023. That's provenconference2023, all one word. That's going to get you a huge discount. Go check them out at sellersnap.io. Thanks for listening. We'll have another great episode for you very soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.